Duly Noted, a health and care podcast, is the official podcast series of Duly Health and Care. Each podcast features physicians or team members discussing groundbreaking topics and innovations that help listeners reimagine and better understand an extraordinary health and care experience. Hearing aids. There's a lot to know before you decide which one is best for you. So Dr. Christina Andreessen, audiologist at Dooley Health and Care, will tell us the difference between over-the-counter versions versus traditional hearing aids and how to choose which type fits your needs. Welcome to Duly Noted, a health and care podcast from Duly Health and Care. I'm Maggie McKay. So great to have you here today, Dr. Andreessen. Thank you for making the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm so interested in learning more about hearing aids because more and more I notice people wearing them and maybe it's just my age or because my husband needs one and doesn't want to get it. (laughs) So (laughs) I am very interested in hearing how far they've come over the years. So in the past, the most commonly prescribed solution was prescription hearing aids. But in October 2022, the FDA announced a new category for hearing devices, over-the-counter hearing aids. So can you tell us a little bit about what over-the-counter hearing aids are? Absolutely. So over-the-counter hearing aids are a new class of hearing aid. They are regulated by the FDA, and they are designed for perceived mild to moderate hearing losses for individuals 18 years or older. They are generally self-driven in terms of programming. So the user actually purchases them through non-traditional retail venues. You can get them at drugstores, online. Some actual medical facilities may offer them as well. And then essentially you're doing the fit and programming on your own. And what are the key differences between over-the-counter hearing aids and prescription hearing aids? And how do these differences impact their effectiveness? So essentially, one of the big differences is that for over-the-counter hearing aids, there is not a hearing test or exam required for usage of the device. So you can go to the store and pick them out and then fit them yourself. And that actually leads me to my second point and big difference is they are, again, self-fit by the user. So you're actually using generally a app-guided test to measure your hearing levels, and then you're given a variety of presets through those responses. So prescriptive hearing aids, you do need a diagnostic test prior to being fit with them by a hearing healthcare professional. And then that professional is going to take the time to make sure that your your hearing devices are individualized to your particular hearing level. I guess I'm old school, but I feel like I would rather have the doctor do it because I don't really trust myself with the app and all the technology. (laughs) Is there one that's more effective? So I do think that over-the-counters have their place for the right individual. So they are designed, as I said, for perceived mild to moderate hearing losses. Obviously, perceived kind of leads a cat-the-wide net, so to speak. But for somebody that does have a very mild hearing loss, an over-the-counter device may be just fine. Now, prescription hearing aids obviously are going to be far more individualized for your specific needs. But you also have the support of a hearing health care provider, which is, in my opinion, pretty significant in terms of getting maximum benefit out of your devices. So a hearing health care provider is going to be able to offer you the counseling that's needed to first understand your hearing loss and understand what the limitations of hearing devices are in regards to your hearing loss. But they'll also be able to support you for maintaining the devices and helping you get the most out of them. 
That's what I was going to ask you. Do you need to up the prescription as you get older? Maybe you have more hearing loss later on in the years after you've already gotten one pair? Yeah, absolutely. So generally, we do expect hearing to change or decrease over time. Now, we don't really have any sort of guideline as far as how quickly or how long that may take to note. So we do generally recommend routine audiological tests just to kind of stay on top of that. But as the hearing does change, your provider can actually reprogram the hearing aids to those changes in your hearing level. So just because, say, you get a set of hearing aids and two years later your hearing changes, that doesn't mean you need to get a brand new set. You can reprogram based on that. Are over-the-counter hearing aids capable of addressing a wide range of hearing loss levels and types, or are they limited in their capabilities compared to prescription hearing aids? So they're definitely more limited in terms of the types and levels that we can expect. So again, FDA makes it clear that they are for perceived mild to moderate losses. So there's more severe to profound hearing losses, which absolutely require professional care. So as with perceived, you know, if you don't have a diagnostic hearing test, you don't know where your hearing stands. So best case scenario, if you assume that you have a mild loss and you truly do, then it probably will give you a fair amount of benefit depending on the situation. But if you have a more severe loss and you really don't have it diagnosed, you don't know that it's technically severe, you may actually find that the over-the-counter device really doesn't help you that much. So... If it's used as intended, it can help sometimes, but I think it's always going to start with a diagnostic test to see where you're at. Right. And finances might be an issue for some people. So while Mm over-the-counter hearing aids have some cost-saving benefits, are there potential risks and complications associated with over-the-counter hearing aids without professional guidance like we've been talking about? Definitely. I would say there's always the potential that you may miss a medical issue. For example, fluid behind the ears, an accumulation of wax. There can be more significant issues causing hearing changes, such as growth on the hearing nerve. And those are things that without seeing a professional, you may not know exist. And things like wax and fluid are pretty straightforward and usually manageable with the trip to your ENT doctor. And so, obviously, we want to make sure those ears are nice and healthy. But if you don't have a hearing test and you do have, again, a more significant loss, you're under-amplifying yourself. So you're really not going to get the most benefit that you could be getting from a hearing device. Beyond that, you don't have that hearing health care support. So the two big killers of hearing aids are wax and moisture. And if you don't have that guidance and support on how to maintain your devices, then you may end up having more significant repairs or malfunctions of your device and not know what's going on with them. Right. We know that hearing loss isn't just a frustrating issue in which you can't hear conversations or the TV or you're at a party, but it has been linked to cognitive decline and social isolation. Given the risks, is it better to schedule an appointment with a specialist who can properly address the hearing loss, or should one buy OTC hearing aids early on when the hearing loss is minimal and the investment isn't as expensive? Well, I definitely think regardless of which avenue somebody opts to take, it always starts with an exam, a diagnostic hearing test, because you need to know that you're making the right decision and getting the right device for what your particular hearing threshold or hearing sensitivity warrants. So I would say if you get yourself a hearing test, your ears are found to be clear, your eardrums and middle ear space are healthy, you have a little bit of mild hearing loss, 
and you're not quite ready for investing into prescriptive hearing aids, then absolutely better to, to utilize a, an over-the-counter hearing aid for a while until you're ready to take that next step. Mm-hmm. But again, we need to know where you're at before making any sort of decision there. Right. How does the availability of professional support, follow-up care, and regular checkups for prescription hearing aids contribute to long-term satisfaction and basically just better overall hearing health outcomes compared to relying solely on over-the-counter solutions? Right. So I like to kind of think of it like teeth cleaning and how we go every six months or so for preventative maintenance to kind of keep those teeth healthy. With hearing aids, wax and moisture, again, can affect function. But if you follow up with your hearing health care provider regularly to make sure that they're being cleaned thoroughly and deeply and to make sure that you're doing your job to kind of clean them off best you can at home, you're going to actually be able to extend the life of your hearing aids. And those routine checks with your provider can help you to address issues that may be kind of piling up. And so that can also make sure that we are keeping your satisfaction with the hearing aids higher for a longer period of time. Additionally, you know, education and guidance about hearing loss, the function of hearing aids, what they can and can't do, how to use them properly, that's super important in getting the most out of your investment and and the most out of your hearing health. And so having some support, I would say, is pretty crucial. Dr. Andreessen, what are the signs and symptoms of hearing loss? And at what point should someone consider scheduling a hearing exam? So I think a big one is frequent repetition. So you say, huh, or what, pretty frequently, that's a sign that maybe you're not getting the full message. If you turn up the TV or radio and you've got your partner kind of covering their ears, yelling at you to turn it down, that's another sign. So hearing loss can also cause difficulty differentiating parts of speech. So you may find that you misunderstand words. You might say that for fat, for example. You may see some social withdrawal. Maybe you don't go to restaurants or social gatherings as much as you used to because you find that you just get frustrated and it's just not worth it, you feel at that point. Maybe you feel embarrassed. And so social withdrawal is another big one. But a lesser known one that I've noticed with people is really feeling fatigued after conversation-heavy events. So if you go out to a really big gathering and you're talking with a lot of people and you're struggling, you're trying to focus because you're walking around with unaided hearing loss, you may find after that, like, wow, I'm really tired. And so if you notice those sort of things, that could be a kind of hearing loss as well. Many decades ago, when I was in college, I took a class on basically hearing. I don't remember the name of it, but I'll never forget because I used to listen to my Walkman. That's how far back we're talking. Really loud. And the (laughs) professor said that once you've done damage to your eardrums, you cannot repair it. Is that still the case? So generally, if we're talking about noise exposure in particular, absolutely significant amounts of noise exposure go into a concert or a really loud event, it can cause what we call a temporary threshold shift, which is essentially a temporary change in your hearing at certain pitches. You may notice that happening. Signs of that are you leave an event and everything sounds super, super muffled. You have a high-pitched noise in your ears. That could indicate one of those temporary threshold shifts. Now, we often see that tend to recover itself, tend is kind of that key word there. Because if you Mm -hmm. put yourself in those situations enough, then the likelihood that we're gonna see that hearing completely resolve itself will actually start to decrease. 
I kind of think about it like stepping on blades of grass. So you step on a, you know, a patch of grass once, those blades are going to pop right up. If you set something heavy on there for a long period of time, we might not have a, a healthy patch of grass there. And so mm -hmm. definitely protect your hearing in those really loud environments is one of the best things you can do to prevent further hearing loss. Thank you so much for this helpful information. I mean, probably something most of us, if we get to a certain age, may have to deal with. So it's good to know all this. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm so happy to help and I appreciate you having me on. Again, that's Dr. Christina Andreessen. To find out more, visit dulyhealthandcare.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out our entire library for topics of interest to you. I'm Maggie McKay. This is Duly Noted, a health and care podcast from Duly Health and Care. Thank you for listening.